Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is set for one episode. Your host from Columbus, Ohio, is Michael Kirk. Welcome to the Outbound Mudcast. Hello and welcome to the Outbound Mudcast, your digital audio dirt sheet for all things Super Show. Top story this week, Faction Wars 5. We had the draft this past Thursday, September 21st, for the competitors that will be used by all 18 teams in this year's Faction Wars. The night before that, Wednesday night, after Talk of the Universe, they determined the draft order through a random spin of the wheel, a digital wheel on the computer. 18 teams. The first team chosen was the last pick in round one. Second team was the 17th pick, so on and so forth, down to one team remaining being the first pick in Thursday night's draft. Let me give you the 18 teams in the order from first pick to 18th pick. With the first pick, Paradise. With the second, Star Maker Productions. Third, Armada. Fourth, The Collective. Fifth, The New Wool Order. Sixth, Freak Show. Seventh, The Outlaws. Eighth, The Emitted Seven. Ninth, The Line. Tenth, The Refinery. Eleventh, Crime Wave. Twelfth, The Higher Class. Thirteenth, Just Business. Fourteenth, The Universe. Fifteenth, The Big Picture. Sixteenth, The Constellation. 17th, The Mission, and 18th, The Kongaholics. That was your draft order. It's a snake draft. So in the first round of the draft, the picks go in that order, starting with Paradise, ending with Kongaholics. In the second round, the order flips. Kongaholics go first, then the Mission, ending with Paradise, and it alternates that way. So it's 1 through 18, rounds 1, 3, 5, and 7. 18 to 1, rounds 2, 4, 6, and 8. In the Faction Wars draft, each team had to draft a singles competitor with a printed power of 10, a singles competitor with a printed technique of 10, a singles competitor with a printed agility of 10, a singles competitor with a printed strike of 10, a singles competitor with a printed submission of 10, a singles competitor with a printed grapple of 10, a printed tornado tag team, and a printed trio. They could draft those in any order. They could draft the grapple 10 singles first, then the tag team, then the power, then the agility, then the trio, whatever order they wanted to do that. They just had to have one of each when they were through at round eight. After their last pick in round eight, they had to have one of each on their team. There was super diversity in the draft. What does that mean? When a singles competitor is drafted, any tornado tag or trio they belong to is now not drafted. So, for example, the first singles competitor taken was Snake Pit with the third pick overall. Snake Pit is part of the trio competitor Newman's Henchman. When Snake Pit was drafted, Newman's henchman was no longer draftable. That also works with tornado tags or trios. 
For example, the first pick taken overall was the trio, the first triumvirate. There are three people on the first triumvirate. Only two have singles competitors in Super Show, John Press 1P and Beat Stick Brandon. Once the first triumvirate was drafted, you could not pick John Press 1P. You could not pick Beat Stick Brandon. There was one caveat to this. If a team drafted two or three singles competitors that comprise a Tornado Tag Team or Trio, if they're able to do that and not run afoul of the previous diversity I discussed, then they can draft the Tornado Tag Team or Trio that those three are a part of, that those two or three, in the case of a Tornado Tag Team or Trio, are a part of. Two teams took advantage of that. The Armada drafted El Lama and Mascarada Senor in round three. They drafted the Lucha Maniacal Uberstar in round seven. This meant they could use the Tornado Tag Team of Calamity, and they did draft that team in round eight. The Omitted Seven also did this. In the third round, they drafted Matt Stevens. In the seventh round, they drafted Anarchy Sun. Those two singles competitors make up the Tornado Tag Team Alpaca Protection Agency, so they could draft that team, and they did draft that team in round eight. Each team had, I believe, 90 seconds to get their picks in. If they did not get a pick in on time, they lost the right to make that pick. They would have to make up whatever competitors they were missing once the draft was done. Only one team did not get their pick in time. Kongaholics, with the last pick in the first round, did not get their pick in in time. From what I understand, they just posted it to the wrong chat. But what ended up happening is they missed that pick. This was the only pick missed from any team throughout the draft. At the end of the draft that night, General Manager Calais, who was running the draft, he asked them to make their makeup pick that night, Thursday night, and they did. So every team has all of their competitors. We know what every team drafted. The next steps for all 18 teams are each team will have to assign a competitor to each of the six people on their team. The specialist on the team, who cannot be the captain, will be playing both the Tornado Tag and the Trio. So teams will have to assign the eight competitors that they drafted to seven different people, with, again, one player getting the Tornado Tag and the Trio to play. Once that person is assigned that competitor, they can't switch. The only exception is bringing in the alternate. And once the alternate comes in, the person who is replaced cannot rejoin the team. Teams have to pick if they're going to be using Valiant Spectacles or Newman Spectacles. Teams have to pick what entrance card they're using for each of the seven players, for each of the eight competitors. They cannot repeat entrance cards. So, for example, if the captain is playing Juggler's Paradise, nobody else on the team can play Juggler's Paradise. Teams have two weeks to figure this out, submit this, submit their deck lists for Phase 0. Once the deck list is submitted for Phase 0, it's locked in for that phase. It will not change until the next phase. The spectacle type 
the entrance card, and who was playing what competitor, that is locked in for the duration of faction wars. Deck lists, however, can change from phase to phase. We don't know much about what's going to happen in phase zero. We do know that all of the like skills will face off. So all of the 10 power competitors will be playing the other 10 power competitors. All the other 10 strike competitors will be playing the other 10 strike competitors. Those will be the matchups. The specialists will play the specialists. I'm not sure if the specialists will have the same opponents for their tornado tag teams and the same opponents for their trios, or if they'll be different. This is all new. The specialists are new to Faction Wars 5. The teams in Faction Wars will not know how scoring is going to work in Phase 0 until all the deck lists have been submitted. After Phase 0, the next round, Phase 1, will be a round of 16. The top 14 players will make the top 16. The bottom four will be matched up. The two winners will go on to Phase 1. The two teams that lose will be eliminated from Faction Wars. That's what we know right now for Faction Wars 5. Teams have just under two weeks to get their deck list submitted. So they have to get everything organized about who's playing what competitors, what their deck lists are, what their spectacle type's going to be, what entrance cards they're going to use. Two weeks, at this point less than two weeks, to get all of that done. That's pretty much what I have for you on Faction Wars 5. Thoughts on the draft? The draft went smoothly. The draft was done live on twitch.tv slash srguniverse. General Manager John Clace and Chibi were on commentary. They did a great job on commentary. There was a pre-show about 30 minutes before the actual draft started. And then we had the actual draft. The actual draft went, I believe, going from memory between two and two and a half hours. It ended around 10 to 10.30, somewhere in there. It pretty much went smoothly except for that one hiccup. Thoughts on competitors in the draft? I saw Jeremy Steigerwald say this in the Twitch chat. I agree with this. There are now enough competitors in Super Show the Game where you could get 18 good printed 10 submission characters, 18 good printed 10 agility characters, so on, so forth. It's not a problem like it has been in past years. So I think everyone pretty much drafted fine. Some surprises to me, numero uno, went last in the draft, went last round in the draft. The Oracle went last in the draft. I think both of those are great at their spots. There's probably other things I've missed. Will I do a draft analysis show? I've done those in the past. I don't know yet. It's really going to depend on what kind of controversy there is coming out of the draft. But my initial thoughts, I don't think anyone blew the draft. We can argue if some teams had better picks than others. But I don't think there's a huge gap between best and worst. That's what I'm thinking about Faction Wars 5. Since I did just mention the pre-show, there was one thing they announced on the pre-show not concerning Faction Wars 5. The future contenders for the LFF World Heavyweight Championship. As I talked about last week, Brian Waitford Schmidt is your current LFF World Heavyweight Champion, having won that at Pixel Palace Pandemonium 4. 
His next challenger is going to be Ryan Pierce. Ryan Pierce was part of the Impact team that won Faction Wars 4. That's why he has the shot. He will play Brian Waitfort Schmidt for the championship at ArmorCon Sunday, October 15th. He will be using the Submission 10 version of the brain. Brian Waitfort Schmidt is, of course, the champion with the Witch's Apprentice. And so we will see that match Sunday. No news about stipulations. Just that Witch's Apprentice versus the Submission 10 version of the brain. Ryan Pierce versus Brian Waitfort Schmidt. Sunday, October 15th, ArmorCon, Marlboro, Massachusetts. The winner of that match will then face the TVA commissioner, Drew Madsen, of the Constellation. He is the next challenger. No idea when that match is going to happen. But those are the next two challengers for the LFF World Heavyweight Championship. Since I brought up ArmorCon, let me talk about ArmorCon briefly. October 13th through 15th, Marlboro, Massachusetts. I gave you the convention schedule last week. Saturday the 14th, create a competitor tournament. It's free with your entry to ArmorCon. Also October 14th, Marktoberfest 5, Recess Games, North Olmsted, Ohio. This is also a create a competitor tournament. These are the next two live in-person play events. Next two big live in-person play events. Check out the website for both, Recess Games website or ArmorCon's website for information about how to go to those events. Let's stay with the subject of future championship contenders. We have two more contender announcements. First, the next challenger for the LFF Underworld Championship, currently held by the big guy, will be Belle from the Mission, a.k.a. Ms. Southern Belle. She's the next challenger for that championship. The next challenger for the LFF Tri-State Championship, currently held by John Polverino, will be the SRG BOSS Steve Resk. If Steve Resk wins, John Polverino will not achieve the record. If John Polverino wins, he will tie the record for most successful defenses as LFF Tri-State Champion. Looking forward to that. How does the Roman Reigns signed spectacle offered by Alec Ventresca factor into that? No idea. So if I get more information on that, I'll give it to you right now. No idea how that factors into this match. CCC News. The official winners of the third match of round two are the tag team of Algorithm and Rhyme, JAC and Math Guy. They will join Matty Bar 1, Private Cuddles, Moxie, and Captain Kiddo in round three. It does not seem like there will be wild cards. That is a shame to me. The Foreman and the New York Phenom put on a great match, exemplified what a CCC match should be like. It's a shame they're not moving on. JAC is, though, so I encourage you to support JAC in round three. We don't know what the matchups are going to be in round three. We don't know when round three will start. We know that round three will be the meme round. Here is how meme rounds have worked in the past. 
there's a post on the SRG Super Show discussion group on Facebook. Each person in the match will be given a hashtag. So, for example, let's say the two opponents in the match were Harvey Lester and Johnny Career. There might be a hashtag for Harvey Lester, hashtag for the ladies. There might be a hashtag for Johnny Korea, hashtag I can't see you. The way you vote is this. You post the hashtag for each competitor in the comments of that post. So if you want Harvey Lester to win, using the example, you would post hashtag for the ladies. Each hashtag scores one point for the person you're voting for. You can also post a meme for that person, and you can post a GIF for that person. Now, the points on those have been different in different years. Sometimes the meme is two points, the GIF is three points. Sometimes the GIF is two points, and the meme is three points. But it's always been one of those two. And then finally, you could post a short video for the person you're supporting. That scores four points. So depending on how you want to vote in the contest, you can score 10 points, up to 10 points, for the person you're voting for if you decide to post the hashtag, the meme, the gif, and the video. If you don't do the video but do the other three, that's six. Just the hashtag is one. And then whatever other combination you want to work out. That's how it's worked in years past. I don't know how it's going to work this year. They have not announced that yet. I will give you what I know when we have it. Congratulations, though, to the six people who made round three. With honorable mention, once again, to the foreman and the New York Phenom. Those are pretty much the major stories from this week outside of featured matches, and online tournaments from this past week. So let me go through those. Monday night, we have the Big Picture Premium pay-per-view September to remember. Four matches on the card. The first match was a last-minute substitution. The original match on the card could not happen, so instead, the Midwest Coast Championship was defended. The challenger, Mitchell Manja with Chloe Mai, Mitchell Manja, won the contender tournament, the champion, the Grump Danny Thunder, playing as the Grump. This was a singles match that went to crowd meter one. The winner with the Grumpy Day, the Grump. The Grump is still the Midwest Coast champion. Congratulations to the Grump. Next, we have a New York Rules match between the once-in-a-generation generational-type talent, the GOAT Brock Smith, playing here as the bad boy Joey Janela. And we have the prize fighter Simon Davner playing as the newest version of Boy Howdy. This New York Rules match went to Crowd Meter 2. Of course, New York Rules matches start at Crowd Meter 1 and have no disqualifications. The winner at Crowd Meter 2, after a long match, the GOAT Brocksmith. Congratulations to the GOAT for your victory. The third match of the night was an Alabama chair match. I'm not sure where the Alabama was in this match. It just seemed like a chair match to me. The two people in this match were Eddie Fury playing as his own competitor, the Jerk of Cirque, and Math Guy 
playing as L.A. Parka or La Parka. I think it's La Parka. I've actually never seen him wrestle, at least not that I can recall, so I'm not sure if that's right. I believe it's La Parka. This match went to crowd meter two. The winner here, Eddie Fury. Congratulations to Eddie Fury for your victory. The final match of the Big Picture Premium's September to Remember event, the Hollywood Heavyweight Championship match. The challenger, the big guy playing as himself, the champion, Rambo Apocalypse, playing as the original version of EC3. In a main event stipulation match, the match doesn't go past crowd meter zero. At crowd meter zero, Rambo Apocalypse plays a smack with the shovel, a disqualification card. The big guy could stop it, elects not to, because if he were to win by disqualification, he would not become champion. Instead, Rambo Apocalypse hits the finish, rolls a 12 for the finish roll, meaning the big guy. Actually, the big guy should have had no chance, but apparently he rolled and could not roll his 10. Thinking about this in a main event stipulation, if you roll 12, they get plus one to their breakout roll. They don't break out on their highest breakout roll. So that should have been all she wrote, but he did try. And he did fail to roll a 10. So Rambo Apocalypse is still the Hollywood Heavyweight Champion. Congratulations to him. Also Monday, we had Brian Waitfort Schmidt running Monday Night Fights. There were 24 players in this event. Group stages, six groups, four players per group. Top two players per group advance into the top cut. Looking at the challenge. Four players from that 12 got a bye into the quarterfinal round. The remaining eight played two per singles match. The singles match winners also made the top eight. The two semifinalists were Charlie Barkley playing a snake pit and Stephen Overlook playing as the end. Your finalists here were Stephen Owen playing as Ms. Southern Bell and the Dread Pirate tech support Simon Strauss playing his fight with the winner, Stephen Owen. Congratulations to Stephen Owen for winning Monday Night Fights. There was no Thursday Night Fights because of the draft. We did have a pop-up event Friday night hosted by Matty Bar 1. Twelve players here, two groups, six players per group. Each player plays the other five in the group. Top three records advance into the top cut. Top three per group. There were random stipulations in the top cut. Two of the players got a bye into the semifinals. The other four were paired off in singles matches. The two winners joined the other two in the semifinals. Your two semifinalists were the big guy playing as himself and Coach Brad playing as the new version of Lexi the Punk Rock Pixie. Your finalists were General Lee Wong playing as himself and Ricky Riot playing as himself with the winner, Ricky Riot. Congratulations to Ricky Riot for winning the Friday night pop-up event. The last event for this week was Sunday Night Fights. Before I get to Sunday Night Fights, though, there are a couple of things, a few things, actually, I need to bring up. The first one, I can't believe I forgot. 
this Tuesday, September 26th, 9 a.m. Eastern, the Super Show the Comic Kickstarter campaign goes live. It will run until the end of October. It was going to be a shorter campaign, but with Super Show the Game with SRG Universe going to Sin City Con in Sharonville, Ohio, just outside of Cincinnati, the last weekend of October, they've extended the campaign. I just checked 150 followers. We reached the follower goal. Steve did reduce it to 140, but we did reach the original goal. We have 150 followers for the campaign. I talked weeks ago about what's going to be on the campaign. That was just the draft version. Next weekend's show, I should give you what is going to be fully on the campaign and an update for everything. I'll go over that in more detail once the campaign goes live. The new issue, issue number six of Super Show the Comic, is the main focus. There are going to be new cards, a Polly the Pigeon Pacone competitor set, a new version of that with the same logo as the original version, so you can mix and match finishes. Other cards, all of the comic books will be available. Again, I'll give you more details once that campaign goes live. Again, it goes live September 26th, 9 a.m. Eastern. Championship match news. There was going to be a match for the United States Championship. That was postponed. I don't know what the new date and time will be. The LFF Tri-State Tag Team Championship match that was postponed, scheduled to take place this Wednesday, September 27th, after Talk of the Universe. The champions, Cold Candy Crush, the challengers, the team of Ant West and Thebes Pinckney. If for some reason that team cannot make the match, the general manager, Candy Mam, has chosen a substitute team. So there will be a match no matter what. Next Saturday, September 30th, the TVA down in Alabama will be hosting a live and play event. A number of their local championships will be on the line. The LFF Trios Championship will also be on the line. Challenger Johnny Korea with Newman's henchman will take on the champion, Simple Chuck, using the higher class. We had one championship match that took place earlier this afternoon at ACCW in Atlanta, Georgia. The Deep South Tag Team Championship was defended. The challengers, the team of BTBTE, who won their shot at DragonCon, took on the champions, the Protectors. The challengers had to change their competitors because... For the Deep South Tag Team Championship, you have to play two singles competitors that either form a Tornado Tag Team in Super Show or they have been a tag team in professional wrestling. BTBTE made a tag team out of El Super Sons. Nicholas Ross played as the Rising Sun. PJ Ross played as El Super Ombre. The champions, the protectors, are playing using a tag team from ECW. Brimelight is playing as Sabu. Titan is playing as RVD. In a long match, about a 30-minute match that went to Crowd Meter 1, 
the winners and still champions, the protectors of the mission. Congratulations to them for a successful defense. This brings us back to Sunday Night Fights. There were three matches on the card for Sunday Night Fights. The opening match was for the American Interstellar Harder Core 23-7 Championship. The challenger, Hall of Famer Pat Mulligan, playing as Pat the Thinker. The champion, Brian Waitfort Schmidt, playing as Alexander Slamilton. Standard singles match. Did not go past crowd meter zero. The winner at crowd meter zero, still champion, Brian Waitfort-Schmidt. Congratulations to the LFF World Heavyweight Champion for successfully defending his other championship. After the match, he called out his next opponent, the New York Phenom, Jason Flosson. If the New York Phenom accepts, this match should happen on next week's episode of Sunday Night Fights. No confirmation yet. That's the challenge that's been put out there. We'll have to see if the challenger accepts. Next match for the LFF Veterans Championship. This would be a New York Rules match that starts at Crowd Meter 1 because all New York Rules matches start at Crowd Meter 1 and have no disqualifications. The challenger representing the Navy, Eugene Kenny playing as Spencer Vance, the boatswain's mate. The champion, Jeff McPeak, representing the Army, playing as Pretty Boy Snow. This match, which started at Crowd Meter 1, ended at Crowd Meter 1, with the winner and still champion, Jeff McPeak. Congratulations to Jeff McPeak for a fourth successful defense. His next opponent will be Evil Ed the Cheesehead. This will be a no stipulation match. And then if Jeff McPeak successfully defends, we may see some sort of multiplayer match. But that is what is next for the LFF Veterans Championship. The final match of the night is between two former members of the Rack Pack. We have the Candy Queen, a.k.a. Candyman versus the Spider Queen, formerly known as Dottie Dart, facing off in a grudge match, no stipulation. Candy Queen playing as Candy Ma'am, Spider Queen playing as the Submission 10 version of Robert the Brain Dunn. This match went to Crowd Meter 2. The story of this match was just domination from the Candy Ma'am. She seemingly got the most cards in play. Spider Queen had a hard time getting cards in play. She broke out of finishes at Crowd Meter 0 and Crowd Meter 1. But at Crowd Meter 2, Candy Mam hits a finish. The finish roll is too high to break out of. And Candy Mam, Candy Queen, wins the grudge match. Congratulations to her. And that was it for Sunday Night Fights. As far as next week is concerned, when it comes to online events, nothing is currently listed on supershowthegame.com, but expect something for Monday night, expect something for Thursday night, dojo Tuesday night, twitch.tv slash srguniverse. Just keep your eyes peeled for supershowthegame.com to post things 
maybe some pop-ups in the SRG Super Show discussion group on Facebook. With that being said, that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Outbound Mudcast. I would like to thank all of you for listening, and good day.